You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. gentlemen and welcome to another edition of lockdown Padres podcast which is part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day for monday february 20th as always i'm your host with sometimes occasionally but certainly not always the most javier reyes you can follow me on twitter at javapeno j-a-v-i-i-b-e-n-o or at lo underscore padres just in case you don't like my comic booky stuff don't worry all padres stuff on lockdown padres and then if you want to see tatis my little bobblehead guy. You want to see whatever shirt I'm rocking, which admittedly, full transparency, I'm not rocking anything all, all that impressive on today's uh, show. But still, if you want to see that, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. And guys, just, just one quick thing let me just mention to you. All right, this episode, you know who is brought to you by? Who do you think? FanDuel. So go check out FanDuel. Really great place. Love it. Official sports book of Lockdown. Visit them. Visit FanDuel.com, I should say, slash Lockdown today to get started. Ladies and gentlemen, look, we got to talk about Manny Machado on today's episode. And I think that, look, I'm not going to lie to you. Look, man, I've talked about this situation with Machado before. Um, I've talked about the contract situation. We've talked about Soto's contract situation. Contracts with the Padres is something that seems to never go out of uh, style. So admittedly, of course, I'm going to talk about what happened over the weekend and what happened on Friday and whatnot. Because engagement, for one thing. And two, because it's a big deal. Manny Machado has been everything you could have possibly asked for from a superstar player. Everything. I mean, down to just being a fun presence, down to the winning, especially of the past few years, and down to just the overall effort. He's played all the games possible. I know Padres fans love to attack anybody who slanders him, which sometimes I think is warranted. I think every now and then when you get your, you know, Mad Dog Russo logging on and saying, he's a good player, not a great player, he's a good player. And then, you know, a lot of Rizzo's out there being like, literally no one else has played more games than him aside from Paul Goldschmidt. So what are you talking about? He's super committed. I don't get this just because he wants more money. And that's where I want to start. That's where I want to start, actually. Firstly, it is, and I haven't seen this in fairness, but it is absolutely patently absurd anytime fan bases get upset for a player exercising their rights to kind of go out there and be like, hey. I want my money. I want all the stuff that I'm worth. That's totally their prerogative, and it should be something that is encouraged often. Um, And not just the sport, but in all sports. So that's for one thing. The second thing is, look, is Manny Machado going to resign with the Padres? Obviously, that's the question of today's show. I don't know why I'm repeating myself. I am... I've been going back and forth on this in a while, because unlike other teams in baseball that don't spend anything, right... The Padres have at least shown that they've been spending money. And while Peter Seidler did deny that, say, the Xander Bogarts contract was not just a hedging against um, Manny Machado possibly leaving, I personally think it is. I think that the moves they've made with the Juan Soto trade, with, you know, uh, knowing that they have for now that these juniors signed up for another bunch of years and the Xander Bogarts deal, that makes me think, you know, all right, they're just saying just in case we aren't able to bring this guy back. And he maybe asked for a little bit more money than we're um, comfortable with, or we want to allocate that elsewhere to improving the roster in certain other areas. That's totally cool. I could see that. But for the Padres, I do think it's going to be um, a genuine question. Unlike other teams that don't spend anything, the Padres have at least shown, well, they have. It's not like they're being super cheap right now. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, the big report that came out, though, and I think we should talk about, is that from Bob Nightingale of USA Today. <laughs> so, hold on, stay with me. According to Bob Nightingale of USA Today, the Padres have offered Machado a five-year, $105 million extension that would kick in after the remaining five years, and $150 million on his current deal runs out. Meanwhile, uh, Machado, meanwhile, has... I can't read today. Give me one second, guys. Let me breathe. This is exciting stuff. Ooh. Okay, there we go. Machado, uh, meanwhile, has countered with a 10-year, $400 million extension that would begin in 2024. In such a scenario, he would opt out of his current deal after this upcoming season. So one thing that is true is that, yes, it seems like he's been open about that. And I like what Manny Machado said in quotes. There's a lot of money out there. A lot of money. These owners are making a lot of money, and we're bringing a lot of money, too. We're having a good time and filling up the seats. It's about business. These are things that happen. The market has changed from when I signed five years ago. It's changed tremendously. Things change and evolve. And as a player that's about to opt out, it's pretty good to see. I think that was a good quote from Manny Machado just to point out that they make a lot of money and owners have plenty of money and the league is doing all right. And in the case of the Padres, hey, look, this is a team with Sidler under ownership has realized, hey, we basically can rule San Diego. Great weather, great ballpark. Why not? Ever since the Chargers left, it's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's make this our place. And I think that other teams could be doing what the Padres are doing for sure. And we've talked about that on the show and we will continue to talk about it on the show. I think that... And let's let's start with a couple things. Let's start with a couple things. Number one, um, don't get me wrong. Um, it's not impossible that this reported offer happened, right? It's not impossible. Teams lowball guys literally all the time. Just ask the Brewers fans uh, what it was like last week. And why some fans don't see the connection between this and a lockout and don't support the players when they do lockout is beyond me. Like, I don't know how people are Brewers fans and complain when the players do a lockout, but then they complain about their team not giving Corbin Birds more money. It's like, maybe those two things are connected, guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, but also, that being said, I have a little trouble buying into with the Padres' tendencies of late. That all of a sudden that they were try lowballing, who has essentially been the leader and the not necessarily the face. It's 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 close, but not necessarily always the face because of Fernando Tatis Jr. But in terms of the star who's been there and delivered, I just find the idea of them lowballing him a little bit hard to believe. And someone actually tweeted out from Padres Twitter. I'm stealing it from someone at Friarbolt Sports, who is I've messaged before and whatnot. I think that this encapsulates my thoughts the same way too. For what it's worth, I also don't believe the reports yesterday. The Padres offered Manny 5 for 105, making his contract 10 for 255. They offered Xander 11 for 280, obviously Xander Bogarts. I doubt they would offer Manny the same exact contract as Xander Bogarts or even a little less for how productive Manny has been. And I agree on that. And it's not like, say, there isn't. this isn't an age thing, right? Oh, well, Manny's going to be like 30, 31. Or well, so is Xander Bogarts. It's not like Xander Bogarts is 24 years old. And they gave him this contract. That would be a genuine thing of like, oh, that's why they prefer signing Xander Bogarts instead. No, that's not the issue, right? So that that is just one example. And then number two, um, yes, I know that the whole I've said number two a lot, by the way. This is like more than like number five of my points. Um I understand that the a lot of people have been dunking on and making jokes about the reported four hundred million that Manny Machado asked for. <sighs> Why do we have to do this every year? Yes, I know it's not happening. He probably knows that's not happening. That's probably going to be what Otani makes. 
that's probably going to be what some of their superstar 10 years from now makes. Whatever. Maybe a Juan Soto. Whatever. Because Juan Soto's got the age going on his side. Obviously, it's not happening. But it's this is kind of like a negotiation thing. Every player ever is putting up some gargantuan price to start things off. I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think he actually thinks he's good. So I don't know why we go through this song and dance of people making the same joke every year where it's like, I too am asking for $400 million. It's like, all right, guys, like stop making fun of this. This is how this works. It happens every year. It's just a tiny nitpick of mine. I, I just don't get why people do this every year. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but look, I think that the number one thing to kind of remember about Manny Machado is that he has been there for the team. It's absolutely his right to exercise and try and earn as much money as he can. I know he talked a lot about, you know, in, in articles and being talked to, I know I was reading from the athletic from Dennis Lynn. You guys should go check that out. Just being like, look with, and referring to his teammate, I want to be like Nelson Cruz. He's 42 and he looks great. He said, Jesus. I mean, (laughs) he literally said that like he looks great. And yeah, I would love if Manny Machado stays as a Padre for life. And I still think that there are a lot of reasons for why that could happen. And while, yes, you're going to get your annoying kind of bad characters who come out and, you know, like your aforementioned uh, mad dog who act like Manny Machado isn't a great player just because he's not on the same tier as an Otani, right? And don't get me wrong, Padres fans can be a little bit annoying every now and then, at least on Twitter, where they complain about Nolan Arenado, even though he's very excellent too. I get that. But... I think that there are a lot of reasons, and we're going to talk about another article from The Athletic for why the Padres may potentially um, extend Manny Machado. We're going to keep talking about this, ladies and gentlemen. It's a big topic. It's a big topic. But you know what else is big? You know what else is big? It's something that I alluded to at the very beginning of this whole show. Oh, 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 yeah. You guys by now should know what I'm talking about. We're talking about the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. And let me tell you, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers, you know what they get? Let me tell you. Mm. No sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Do whatever. You want to bet on Manny Machado to win MVP? I I don't mind it. I don't mind it. You want to bet on in the NBA world? You want to bet on Joel Embiid? Nikola Jokic is the favorite, as I think he should be. Maybe you want to do Embiid? Maybe you want to do a little Jason Tatum? Hey, remember, it is the halfway point, guys. You know, things can happen. Things can change. Just saying. You know, give it a check. So don't miss the chance to get your first sweat. Hold on. I cannot talk today. No sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, guys, look, look, I've been rambling a lot today. My apologies. It's short. I haven't had a lot of time. To get my thoughts. I have had a lot of time. I haven't had a lot of time to be able to uh, carve out time. That was a weird way to phrase that. For this podcast. So that's why it's a little bit weird today. Look, it's... I think that there are a bunch of reasons for why Manny Machado is going to be talked about all season. And that's because the third base thing. Like, let's be clear. There are other teams out there. And has been talked about a lot, which is... Steve Cohen and the Mets, are they going to come in and try and sign Manny Machado? They just missed out on Carlos Correa, who they reportedly want to play, wanted to play third base or were planning to have him play third base. 
Are the San Francisco Giants going to do it? Don't sleep on that team. They struck out on a lot of their free agents this offseason, too. I think they're going to be more inclined towards Otani, but there are other teams out there that are going to be willing to make a sizable investment in Manny Machado. And I meant to talk about this article from Ken Rosenthal a few weeks back um, that came out. It was his take on, now it hasn't aged totally well, five reasons why Manny Machado could sign an extension with Padres by opening day. Now, for the record, Rosenthal was very clear in the, um, in the what's it called, in the opening of this paragraph, that this isn't a sources thing. This was just him saying, hey, I, this is just my thoughts. This is no source-related thing. I'm not a betting man, as he states in the first sentence. So don't get me wrong. He wasn't saying this is what was going to happen. But I thought it was a good starting point to talk about Manny Machado. Is using some of the points that he made in this article. The reason, number one, he pointed out, which is what I just brought up, Steve Cohen, um, who's lurking, right? And I think that the Padres, since Manny Machado is going to be opting out, they might have lost the advantage of having him all to themselves and just being able to extend him. Might have. Remember, remember that Joe Musgrove just last year, he reportedly that the Padres were trying to get a deal done with him. Then he went absolutely nuts. Maybe the Padres and Padres company and management, they just need that little extra nudge to be like, all right, wait, I forgot. It's been a year. I've been on the off season. We've been on vacation and all that. I had to remind myself how good this player is. And then they extended Joe Musgrove. I believe it was, what was it? Two days before the deadline or a day before the deadline? I forgot which. I think it was two days before. Because I think Hater came afterwards. No, it might have been the same day. I don't remember. It is so hard to keep track of all these Padres moves, man. Let me tell you sometimes. But it's a good point. And I think that with Steve Cohen lurking, that is something the Padres are going to have on their mind every year because the Mets have shown that they want a third baseman. If they couldn't get Correa, guess who else is going to be on the board? It's going to be Manny Machado. And he's probably next to Otani going to be the top free agent in baseball. So that's one reason. And I don't think that in an open market, all's fair and fair, whether or not they will be able to outbid Steve Cohen and the Mets. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Now, you could say Manny has looked like he is absolutely loves it here. He Every single vibe about Manny Machado, he's beloved here. Yes, you get your occasional dumb thing. You're going to have your dumb Padres Twitter members that say, oh, well, he hasn't won an MVP and he hasn't won a World Series and all these things. You know, willful ignorance of not understanding how the game of baseball works. But I think for the most part, People have loved him, and he's always been there. That's Again, I have defended this whole no-hustle thing forever. I think it is patently absurd every time anyone brings it up. And people, I promise you, still bring it up. I still remember the Rangers broadcast when they played them. It's absurd. The guy plays like every game. But with Steve Cohen, hey, I mean, it could happen. And also, as Steve um, Ken Rosenthal points out, ditto for the Yankees, who likely will say farewell to Josh Donaldson, the Cubs who still could use an impact bat after signing Dansby Swanson, and the Giants, who might actually win the bidding for a major free agent. Hold on. I can't speak. For a major free agent one of these years, which is a good point and very funny. Heck, the Dodgers might entertain round two with Machado, who is more mature than he was when they traded for him in 2018. Other teams might enter the bidding as well. I agree. I think that that's a great, great point. Great point. Um... There's a lot of people out there, and I think the Padres might be like, you know what, let's cough it up, let's extend this guy. I still do think that Manny is at least going to be more inclined to listen to the Padres. I think they have done nothing but show their commitment to winning. So he, this isn't a situation where, like, say, Brian Reynolds or Corbin Burns, where they might not be so inclined to give the Brewers the first call or the first offer. They're going to be like, okay, but you got to really wow me. With San Diego, with, the, with Joe Musgrove, I think Joe Musgrove probably took a tiny, tiny bit less. I would say, for every team in general, do not take 
do not take advantage of a player's wanting to stay there by doing something like what apparently the Red Sox were doing, which was like, we'll give you 180 million. And that was like 50, 60 million lower than like the lowest offer from other teams, right? And then the Padres came in. So that's why I wanted to. Second reason that Ken Rosenthal brings up is Juan Soto. Padres are expected to explore an extension for Soto as well this spring, but good luck with that. Soto did turn down a 15-year, $440 million offer from the Nationals, prompting his trade to San Diego. He's two seasons away from hitting the market at 26, and his agent, Scott Boris, generally shuns extensions, preferring his clients to establish their values in free agency. That is a good point. Um, look, that's what's so fun about the Padres right now, is they have all these really intriguing options. Do you want to just stick with Manny? That works. If you can't sign Manny, can you use that money to extend Soto? That's totally possible too. But I think what Ken Rosenthal brings up here is fair, which is that if he declined 15 years, 440, which do I have a calculator on me? Where's my calculator? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, 15 years, 440, which is according to my calculator divided by 15, that'd be 29 million a year. Which is a, a chunky amount. Now, is the AAV lower than a lot of other guys? Sure, but the overall contract money, that could potentially uh, even it out. I don't know if Soto's going to be the guy that breaks the bank. I think it's more likely that Otani does. So, if it's not like the Nationals didn't offer nothing there. You know what I mean? It's not like they offered him eight years, 150, right? Like, they offered him a good amount of money. So, I'm curious to see if the Padres think that they can extend him. I really am leaning towards them thinking... We just paid super high price for a guy that we think is going to be an MVP candidate for two and a half seasons, with half of it already passed, obviously, with last year. I think that that's what they're thinking. And if that's the case, that's cool. Because they have Xander Bogarts, they have Fernando Tatis Jr., and of course, they might have Manny Machado. So I think that's a good reason, too. Number three, he says Peter Seidler, the Padres' ownership loves, Padres' owner, I should say, loves his players, Machado perhaps more than any other. He repeatedly has demonstrated willingness to pay top-of-the-market prices for elite talent. Why would he stop now, drawing a line with the centerpiece of his franchise? Which, I think, is my main reason for why this counters the report from Bob Nightingale, which also was corroborated a little bit by Kevin Acey. Some people, you know what I mean? And look, Padres Twitter fans, they can be mean. I like Kevin Acey. I really do. I think that he's, he's been on the show before, good guy, and I think a splendid writer. When it comes to the scoops... Not always my go-to place for scoops, but in terms of everything else, when I like human interest stories, I still love the story that he did on Chris Paddock visiting his old high school. I thought that that was excellent. So I do think people were a little bit overly mean on Padres Twitter to Kevin Acey when you realize the things that he is excellent at, which is kind of more of those stories, and I think he's a fantastic writer, and I'd love to have him on the show again. Um, but granted, him doing the whole getting choked up over Eric Hosmer leaving probably didn't help his standing among Padres fans, so I get it to a degree. But be a little bit kinder, guys. He's doing his job, and he's trying. Um, but as uh, Rosenthal continues on to mention here, the Padres drew 2.99 million fans last season, fifth most in the majors and second most in franchise history behind only Petco Park's inaugural season in 2004. The team has capped season ticket sales so it can sell more individual game tickets. Its fan fest over the weekend was like a baseball version of Woodstock. <sighs> man. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. Let me tell you, I, I just, it's great. It's great to be a Padres fan right now, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, and I think that while uh, I was going to say something else, I think with the AC and the Nightingale thing, it is totally possible. I mean, those guys aren't 
especially Nightingale, not always the most reliable sources in the world. I genuinely don't understand how Bob Nightingale's keep getting away with things. I love him as a meme. He's super entertaining. I love him. But in terms of reporting on baseball, I genuinely do not know how he keeps getting away with a lot of stuff that he does. He just will straight up have something that is not true and keep moving. Like, he will not apologize, nothing. I don't get it, but it's crazy. Um, before I remember my next point, though, uh, let me keep going on to what Ken Rosenthal said. Next one, Dan Lozano. Machado's longtime representative surely is tempted to take him to the open market, knowing his client's value might be higher, uh, might never be higher. Machado's coming off a second-place MVP finish. His 159 OPS plus last season was a career high for a full season, and his durability is unquestioned. Since 25, Machado, as I've mentioned many times, he's second only to Paul Goldschmidt for the most games played. He's in his prime and could very well put together another brilliant season. But part of an agent's job is to manage risk. What if Machado has an off year? What if he suffers a significant injury? What if teams are less eager to commit long-term to him now that he is on the other side of 30, even though it was not a problem for Aaron Judge? Lozano's most famous client, Albert Pujols, just retired, and on Wednesday, just another um, joined another agency, um, Rock Nation Sports. Two other Lozano players, Donaldson and Joey Votto, are in their late 30s. Two more, Tatis and Jordan Alvarez, are under contract for $340 million and $115 million, respectively. Machado is Lorenzo's, sorry, Lozano's, uh, what is the guy's name from uh, Lonzo, from Training Day? What's his name? It's Lonzo, right? Lonzo something? I forgot. Anyway, Denzel Washington's character. Anyway, Machado is Lozano's next big test, and if the Padres are willing to pay market value, it might be awfully difficult for the agent to say no because of the last point in Ken Rosenthal's article, which we will get to in just a second, ladies and gentlemen. But, but before we get into it, let me just tell you. Mm. Look, man, I've been trying to be healthy. I'm really trying. But every now and then that sweet tooth kicks in. And I'm like, ah, I want like a cranberry bliss bar or a, you know, a cake pop or a, I don't know, an oatmeal raisin cookie. Those are some of my go-tos. A pecan pie or something like that. But you don't want all that stuff, man. Well, guess what? You want something that doesn't have all the fat and calories? Then you have to try Built Bar. Man, we just got through the, the holidays, and I've been healthy and whatnot, and what has helped me a lot is Built Bars, guys, and they taste delicious, trust me. Covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they've got all sorts of flavors, like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almonds. I'm really genuinely not sure how they do it, because it does taste good. It does taste good, and it is healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping, and I mean get grand spanking whopping, 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking to you about getting your orders at built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's club. So that's right, guys, head to your nearest Walmart store, head to your Sam's club, get those four bar boxes of cookies and cream, or perhaps my personal favorite cherry bar. See ya. Although built bar, if you're listening to this apple, almond crisp, if you got one out there, I don't, I will be like Woody Harrelson in zombie land. Looking for the last one out there, if there's an Apple Album Crisp, because that's still my favorite all-time flavor. But still, guys, they have all sorts of flavors, and new ones pop up all the time. So go check that out at Built.com or wherever you can get your, you know, candy protein bars. So check that out, guys. Let's keep continuing, everybody, on this Manny Machado thing. Let's finish it up by saying... His last sentence, Ken Rosenthal said, if the Padres are willing to pay market value, it might be awfully difficult for the agent to say no because of who? Manny Machado. Look, by all accounts, Machado and his family are comfortable in San Diego. They built a house in the area. The weather and fans' support are difficult to beat. 
and Machado is his team's most established star. As he, as, oh, hold on, a status he might not retain if he leaves for a bigger market. The Padres advanced to the National League Championship Series last season without Tatis, without Bargarts, and without Soto at his best. To sustain success, they will need to continue spending heavily. Players, though, worry more about their own long-term futures than their clubs. Machado need not mess with a good thing. He has become a leader in San Diego, a perennial MVP candidate, a player in Phil. I'm guessing he stays as long as the Padres are to pay, and then when in the last few years have they not? I think that's the last thing with Ken Rose that needs to be mentioned here. Guys, we have seen the Padres' tendencies, and we have seen how baseball works. Just last year, I already mentioned this on the pod so far, Joe Musgrove. Everyone was like, oh, no, he's going to walk. He ends up not walking. And because of all the reasons that Ken Rosenthal mentioned, maybe they want to just say, you know what? We got our core set up. We're going to have Darvish, Musgrove. Uh, hold on. Um, who was the other guy? Technically, Michael Waka for a couple more years. You get my point, though. But the core of stars of Darvish, Musgrove, Tatis, um, Xander Bogarts, and then potentially Manny Machado, that's just like... That's how you keep fans coming every year. That's how you keep yourself at least in the contention bubble every single year. And I don't think that the Padres have shown any real sign of slowing down. So when I see this news story come out that they were $145 million apart, it's hard for me to believe that. It's hard to me believe that it was a serious offer for Manny Machado. I'm actually not totally sure I haven't been able to check whether or not he himself, Manny Machado, was like, come on, that's, that's out there. I just, this is not... It feels like you're taking advantage of a situation where we just saw what happened with Corbin Burns last week. A player who is a top five pitcher in baseball, or arguably one of the best, if not the best. Um, I think that, you know, before he, he's got to win, like, go like one more year of being awesome before I call him the best pitcher in baseball. Um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, we've seen what, you know, um, Justin Verlander did last year. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, it's close. But bottom line is that guy's won a Cy Young for you. And you were out here getting into an arbitration case battle with him because he damaged your ability to make the playoffs, which is absolutely absurd. I don't know how they won that arbitration case. That's one thing that people haven't brought up, by the way. How the hell did they win that? He originally, the 10.8, would still be underpaying Corbin Burns. You know what I mean? Like, that would still be underpaying him, and you somehow won a dispute. Like, what is going on here? I need to know who this independent third party is that determined that because maybe Corbin Burns had some rough starts at the end of the season. Well, what about the team? What about the team that traded Devin, uh, uh, Josh Hader to us, you know, despite being in first place? Why aren't they at fault here? So you look at teams like that and you say, look, the Padres have not been that. They have not been cheap. In fact, you Darvish wasn't even reportedly looking for a six-year deal. He was thinking more of a two-year, beefy, 60 million type of extension and whatnot. He wasn't necessarily thinking that he was going to get that. And so the Pirates said, okay, we'll give you um, more years and a bigger overall contract with the 106 that he ends up getting. But it'll be for less AAV. Darvish said, sure. And then the rest is history, right? So I just don't, I don't, I just don't like the vibe of this deal that they were trying to undercut him. That just doesn't seem right. You know what I'm saying? This is not the Yankees. The Yankees have shown for years that they'll spend money. They're not as bad as, say, what the Red Sox or the Brewers have been, but they've been a little bit cheap lately because they're a team that should be doing what the Mets are doing, right? But they haven't. And mm, it just doesn't make sense to me that the Padres all of a sudden, with the guy who's been the most reliable and always there, that they'd be cheap on him. Or at least they wouldn't make him that offer. You know what I'm saying? Maybe they don't want to like necessarily commit to him, which is understandable. Look, maybe you you have some other options. You have your Soto possibility, even though I agree with Rosenthal. That's a little, it seems like it might be unlikely. 
totally possible, right? Like totally possible that they're like, all right, let's try and allocate our sources better. But to offer him that contract, come on. When have Seidler and AJ Preller given any inclination as to being a team like that? That's just absurd to me. I, I really think it's absurd. And I don't like to just go out there because for a ton of reasons, it's my industry. It's, you know, I study journalism and whatnot. And I still think that it is a, a profession that is heinously underpaid and people do not realize the real bad guys out there. You know what I'm saying? And yes, there's a lot of issues with it, but that does not mean that you should just go out and say fake, 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 or not real bias. They made it up or whatever. But this deal from Nightingale, it's it's just very hard for me to believe that the Padres would pull this off. Um, again, it could be true. And if it is true, then that stinks. Um, it, is, it should also be mentioned that I will never be surprised by anything that millionaires, uh, it's in the case of ownership, billionaires do. Right? It will never shock me what these guys do. Have you been on Twitter lately? I mean, damn. <laughs> this does not surprise me at all, whatever these guys do. You know what I'm saying? Have you followed the train crash stuff? All that stuff, right? Nothing that billionaires do in terms of saving money and greed will ever surprise me. When the case of the Padres, I don't get why they would. They have been showing that they want to be one of the next great cultures in baseball. And I think if you look at other teams around the league... You say the Cardinals. The Cardinals established a winning culture, and that has stayed for years. There is something to be said for establishing a culture among your fan base that will stay for years to come. So even if maybe there's a year when the Padres are only spending 180, the fact that you've established that we're here to stay, it means a lot. It means a lot to fans, and I think that a lot of other teams should be taking note. Unfortunately, they have taken a note, and this is going to be something that we hopefully talk about next week with someone, a good friend of mine, his name's Mark. We're going to talk about next week, which is just the economics of baseball. I think that that would be a really fun breakdown because I think that's going to be an issue that gets brought up a lot. I just saw you know, some tweet with Buster Olney who was responding to someone who said that tanking is a problem because the, the Padres and the Mets are a problem because now other teams are going to be forced to tank as if those teams couldn't just spend their way out of this whole alleged tanking issue, right? I want to talk to Mark about baseball economics, about what the Padres are doing, what's going on in the league. So that's going to be a lot of fun for next week. Um, well, yeah, man, look, I do not have inside sources in the organization or anything like that. I have some sources, you know, if you're smart and you know who I am, you probably know every now and then where I'm getting my information from, which is probably not all that different from everyone else. I'm going to the athletic, I'm going to CBS sports. I'm going to all these different sites, right? I'm reading Twitter. I'm doing all these things. I don't have the ultimate inside track. And I just think that throughout the season and throughout, at least until the regular season begins, you're going to get a lot of the armchair expert like oh they're gonna offer him this oh i don't think he did this i don't think he did that when the truth of the matter is who the heck knows right like all of a sudden the padres could trade for some star at the deadline that manny really is gone i don't know i don't know but the most exciting thing is this is just the fact that this is even a conversation like guys they wouldn't spend on chase headley the most exciting guy at one point among the pitching staff was tyson ross who I still believe in, by the way. I still believe in that guy. I don't care what anyone says. I thought he was so good. I don't know what happened. I think he just got hurt. He did literally get hurt, but I, I thought he was going to bounce back better. You know, I just... This is a totally different culture, and I think that you should not expect the Padres to operate like most other teams in baseball have over the past few years. That's just me. Um, but I'm just, I'm just thankful, and I think everybody else is thankful. And if Manny does leave, if he does... It was still one hell of a ride. And let me tell you, if he does leave, you know who's going to be motivated to have one final good season for his free agent year? Manny Machado. So everybody sit back and enjoy the show is what I say. Don't freak out. There's still a lot of exciting things to be 
excited about about the San Diego Padres for 2023. Well, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcast from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for all of your Padres content. Follow me on YouTube, the Lockdown Padres channel, trying to get to six, 700 subscribers. I think I'm only four or five away. And you can also check out the Tati's bobblehead. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care. Recording stopped. Hmm.